Chichi on a Monday. How you doing, man? How was the weekend for you, brother? Oh, wait, wait, dude, wait, hang on. What? It's your birthday today, baby. Yeah, bro. Let me do a little, little, little let me do a little song real quick. Oh, Happy okay. birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, big chidge. Bam. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Let's go, man. Wait, let me see if this works. The peace sign, it's supposed to do the balloons. Is it doing the balloons? Oh, here you go. Did it do it? Nah, it didn't do it. Oh, you know, no, you know, no, you know why? You know why I figured it out. Oh, you turned your alert. No, it's on my phone. Oh, the other day I was on my phone. And phone and I was on my it. phone. I was doing uh, yeah, something with a, with a, with a anyway. buddy of mine, and, and he goes, "Bro," he goes, <laughs> um, a, "A thumb just came up on your thing." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> balloons are flying in the background. So it's so it's some Dude. filter on my phone's on. Speaking of your iPhone, look at my present. My family got me, man. Dude, let's go. Oh, Apple Watch? Yeah, the new Nike one. Some sort of Nike Apple Watch. Oh, what really? Dude, yeah. But let me tell you something. Look, this pisses me off. I First of all, I'm obsessed with it. I'm, I'm still going to buy everything. So I don't know why I'm complaining. But <laughs> you know what they do now? with So uh, Apple Watch, boom, they give you the watch. No, no, no. You got to go over and buy a band for like right. 50 bucks, right? And then... Here's where they also get you with these things. They give you, you know, the you have an Apple Watch, I think, right? They give you that little charger port thing that it, it magnifies. I don't have one. I don't have one, but Sarah does. I stand oh, okay. It. So they give you the, the you know, charger. They don't give you, like, the thing to put it into a plug. You got to go buy one of those. Do you understand what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you get this yeah. part, but you don't get the yeah. thing where you got to plug it in. Dude, it's all about the money, bro. They know what they're doing. It's all about the Benjamins. But thanks for singing me happy birthday, man. I really started my day off real oh, nice. Yeah, dude, congrats. Only yeah, one I, birthday a year, bro. Yeah, it only happens once a year. What's dude, today? 2020. about you. Like, I'm one in 864 billion chances. 420, 420 trillion, bro. 420 yeah. trillion. And hey, man, every year, got through one. You know, I could have been eaten by an alligator six months ago. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> you never know, dude. You never know. Nice. That's why it's one day at a time, dude. One day at a time. One day at a time, just like the TV show. Who was the guy with the... Uh... Schneider. Schneider. <laughs> you knew exactly. Schneider. He had the, he had the Schneider. cigarettes rolled up in his sleeve. <laughs> he was the best. How about, how about the young girl on that one that marrying... Uh, Valerie Eddie? Bertinelli. She's great. Now she's on... You know what she's on now? She's the freaking... When my daughter watches uh, baking, baking championship, yeah. yeah, she's one of the judges. With she's this other sweet, guy she's sweet on that. She's a good cook too. Anyway, Gillian, what's the <laughs> other judge name? Duff Goldman. Duff, oh, Goldman Duff is a great. And Valerie Bertinelli are the are little known the, fact. Duff Goldman is like four foot six. <laughs> no, he's not he? short. No, yeah, <laughs> he's he's like super short. Great, really? he's great too. I watch those. Oh, he's great, dude. Anyway, um, all right, so. I'm I'm like my head's all over the place too because I get the football stuff I'm doing. This weekend's games were unbelievable. Dude, did you watch the Bills? I watched all of them, dude. I you actually did, them. dude. I, I want I want to say before we get going, go. I want to say first off, I'm excited for my man John Kanka out there in, in Detroit. Um, he's he loves the Lions, but I'm excited for the Lions, dude. Dan Campbell hey. seems like the modern day William Wallace. Yes. You know what I mean? Like they say the culture that he has in there is incredible. And I want to touch on one thing too. First off, those Detroit fans, dude, when they get fired up, it, I'm telling you, I, I got the chills watching those games brought me back 
memories of the World Series in 06 and that whole run we had and Hoosier Tiger. And they would, I mean, those fans, they love Detroit, dude. They are passionate about, and you could see it coming across there at Ford Field. Obviously, they haven't been to the postseason in, in you know. Yeah, no. 30, this is, this is like 04 Red Sox. This is like yeah, it's uh, the, the Cubs in uh, dude, Dan, Dan, Dan Campbell, one other thing that I love about Dan Campbell, and I, I brought this up for Breakthrough Pro last night about perspectives. You know, um, there's, there's a book out there called Anti-Fragile Confidence. I think it's called Anti-Fragile Confidence. And the point of that being is last year I saw Dan Campbell wearing these anti-fragile confidence shirts, right? And so what that means would be like, Chinch, if, you're, if you were like a, a – uh, say you were a, a, a FedEx box and you were getting shipped somewhere and on that box it said fragile, handle me with care. I break if anything happens to me, right? Or then there was another word on it, robust. Hey, you can throw okay. me around a little bit, but eventually I'm going to break. But if you had a if you had a, a label on there that said anti fragile, you know what that means? Throw me around, do whatever you can because I don't break. I'm a tough sum gun. When things get tough, I get tougher, and that was Dan's Dan Campbell's message to these guys when he first got there. We're gonna have anti fragile confidence. We're gonna get beat around. People think we're the lions. You know, uh, we're gonna have go through some growing pains here, trying to get to what our identity is and figure out you know, where we're going to go, but we're going to win a Super Bowl here at some point. Follow me, boys. Follow me. And you see Dan Campbell on that sidelines, how big he is, and there's just a presence about him that oh, says, yeah. like, when things get tough, we actually get tougher. We, we're not fragile. We're not robust. We're anti-fragile. When, thing, when, when things don't go our way, we keep running. I just love, love that. And I, I remember when Dan Campbell first got that job, I saw that, that shirt, and I just thought, they're gonna My do guy. well, man, and you could see you yeah. could see it. They're t- that team takes on his personality, especially the quarterback, dude. Jared Goff, man. Yeah, we were talking about this before. Like, yeah, okay, like, uh, just never gets love. It's funny that it happened with Stafford when he was there too. Like, the dude would throw up huge numbers and like, well, but he's not the guy. He's not the guy. He's not the guy. And so, like, the, that's the other cool thing. They've been riding this wave too. First of all, the players love him. I. I hate to throw and be a name dropper, but I know I'm on St. Brown. He, he works for the third. He has a show on our 30, yeah. 13. Yeah. What's he like? He, first of all, coolest guy, him and his brother, Equinemius. They are the, the sweetest, nicest, most down, most down to earth, by the way, because Amon Ra is elite. I mean, elite dude, but he talks about camp. They love Campbell. They would, they also are golf. Is that what they, that what they said? They yeah. By the way, St. Brown Bros podcast. It's it's the two brothers together. They're in their like you know what do they call that switch twitch twitch you know the video gamer chat. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they just talk so much crap to each other, but they, obviously they love each other so much. And 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 it's it's one of the greatest shows out there. I want to watch that show. And also too, are they from like a are they from an athletic background? Yes, their dad. Their oh. dad because because on the air last night they go a monster. Is it Ramon Saint? Wait, Amon Ra, Amon and Ra, Equinemius, Ra. two and they were, names. They were they were saying that okay. his yeah. they were saying his legs are huge. They're like you don't realize how strong he is. His, his dad, legs are huge. And then they said from from his genes or something. I'm like yeah, his, his dad, dad, their father, John Brown, 1980s bodybuilder and two time amateur Mister Universe. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. No, I I thought that too because I knew. 
the parents were athletes, but I was like, I forgot what their dad did. And I looked, I looked it up. Yeah. Anyway, but, uh, you know, they had Goff on and, and Goff is like, he, first of all, he seems like the coolest guy. And that back to your Dan Campbell thing. It's like Detroit has this, it's a fighter mentality, like Pittsburgh. Remember we talk about like, like, you know, you're hard work and meat and potatoes. These, these are blue collar people. Blue collar Detroit, Michigan and Michigan. And, you know, generally like, like everybody who is on that team understands and appreciates what they're doing for that fan base. Right. And, and when Goff just epitomizes the guy that gets beat down and nobody, you know, has struggles and has had struggles in his career. And after last week's win, Dan Campbell in the locker room goes, you're good enough for Detroit, Jared Goff. And that's like, got the chills. That's one of their rallying cries. I mean, they are, I'm I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for that for him. I'm rooting for him, dude. Yeah, the other teams have had success. The other players have had success. Brock Brock Purdy is going to have success. And by the way, he's come to the top of the mountain. You talk about. Was he mystery relevant? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Last pick of the draft or something. He's also the guy that everybody's chirping about right now. He's not that good. He's actually not good. He's not good. And then he goes out and has a game-winning drive for, like, Montana like game winning dude what happened on that game i missed it i I just saw the score on that one it was rainy messy he was doing nothing the biggest key to that game was debo samuel went out early and debo samuel is like their swiss army knife and right and just like when he's going then forget about it then then the tight end's going and McCaffrey McCaffrey was kind of battling that quad too all all he did was score two touchdowns while he was beat up that guy's a freaking (laughs) major he's I think he's the best player in football right now uh player not quarter not quarterback this two quarterbacks are a whole other quarterbacks are like at a whole other level it's a quarterback lead if you don't have a good quarterback you ain't you ain't winning yeah anyway um but dude, the grit in Detroit is that is the story. I mean, they are like the uh, uh, America's team going in, going into the next weekend. And I, dude, you talk about that in being in Detroit. I was in that stadium, the the Super Bowl where uh, the bus. Oh, dude, when when uh, Pittsburgh beat uh, Seattle. Yeah, yeah. I went to that Super Bowl. For ES- yeah, for for ESPN, dude. That place is on top of you. I remember being in. Uh, you know, they used to do those really fun, uh, all the players sit around and they do the, you know, I don't want to say the word gang, gang you know, reporters go around and ask all the questions, whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Super Bowl media day. Yeah. I remember being in there and I'm like, wow, when this place is packed, it must feel like old Yankee Stadium or something like that. Like you could, you the, the top stands, you could feel like right above you. So, oh man, Detroit, good for them. Good for the fan base. Good for everybody involved. I said, yeah. No, it's great. I'm I'm so excited, dude. I'm yeah. really excited for them. Yeah. Anyway, um, so hey, let's let's flip it to baseball because this is so this is an interesting topic. Uh Mark Feinstein does a great job. We gotta get him on one day, I think. Yeah. Uh yeah, we definitely do. Yeah, he comes out and uh locks in a report that the free agent market for left-hander Blake Snell has reportedly included a number of teams, but only one has extended an offer. The last season's National League Cy Young winner. It is the Yankees. We know that the Yankees made the offer. Six years, 150, which I'll just say my piece real quick. I think that's what I would pay Blake Snow. Um, but are you surprised that nobody else has made an offer? And why do you think that may be, if Mark is correct? Well, first off, I mean, Blake Snell is a two-time Cy Young Award winner. So when he's good, he's really good. And then I think some of the other years you look at, and you're like, 
he's a looks like a number three, like as far as the stats go. But I think the one stat, you know, when, when now when teams are analyzing, obviously really diving in as far as, you know, locking up anybody long-term, I think the one red flag with Blake Snell would be the walks. He, I mean, he led the National League or the or Major League Baseball last year yeah. in walks. Yeah. Obviously, he won the Cy Young. He's nasty. He doesn't mind the walks either. I love what he said about, you know, like – Hey, listen, I don't mind the walks because I'm there's certain guys maybe I don't want to pitch to, and I'm gonna pitch them tough. I'm not gonna give in, and then I'm gonna get the guy that's behind him or whatever. But sometimes that doesn't work out because these are big league hitters, but it's worked out for him. He's got an elite curveball. An absolute elite curveball. Right. And uh, you know, so I think the biggest thing is I think that stat right there is probably shying some teams away from giving the long term deal of, of, you know, leading the league in walks. I don't know if that ends well. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and especially in this analytically driven world. And you you said the the analytics of pitching is like it gets all the way down to like what you do on a on a yeah on a Tuesday when you've eaten a chicken sandwich for lunch and like they can go that deep. Is it organic chicken farm raised, pasture raised, or egg? You know. Oh, by the way, there's a new thing in football that is directly from like this Brian Kenny uh, school of of analytics. I, I realized last night we're doing a show and everybody's talking and they're making jokes about how wins and losses don't matter for starting quarterbacks. Wins are not a good wins are not a stat. I, I, I had this conversation. We did the show last night with Trey and Chase Daniel and they were joking about it on the show. And I'm like, wait, is that a new thing? Is that a thing now in the NFL? Wins are not a reflection of a good starting quarterback. And I was like, what is this deja vu? This is like uh, BK and Harold doing a fist fight in the middle of a studio, a studio drink. So, I, I don't so, understand. So, so, so Brock Purdy. What, what do we, what do we judge quarterbacks on? A lot of game-winning drives. So Brock Purdy steps up, finds a way to be calm in the pocket, make the game-winning drive to do what? Chinch right. to win the game. To win the game, uh, right? He I mean, won the game. You know what was the what coach you play to win the game? <laughs> yes, that's uh, Herman. Right? Yeah, Herman. Would you play yeah. to win the game? You know what, dude? At the end of the day, everyone just tries to make their narrative. <sighs> this doesn't matter. RBIs don't matter. Stop right. it. Stop the whole point. It. Like like Pete Alonso. Yeah, he hit two seventeen, but blah 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 blah. But he you know, drove in one. RBIs don't matter though. You know what, dude? At the end of the game. When you come into the manager and they go, hey, uh, Skip, how come you didn't win tonight? Hey, we didn't get the big hit. We couldn't get a guy to sack up and get the big hit. Right. Hey, why did, why, why'd you lose? Why did you win? Hey, we got the big hit. Why, why, why do you think Miguel Cabrera was so valuable to the Tigers? He got a ton of big hits. He drove in 120. Why was Ken Griffey Jr. so valuable? He drove in 140 runs. I mean, dude, every, this narrative, and I, love, I love the other narrative, too. I, I guess in, like, stadiums now, they're not putting up batting average anymore. They're putting up OPS. Stop it. Oh, I'm yeah. Oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No more. No more. I swear man. to God. Dude, I think in Philly, they're, they're going out and they're just putting OPS. Like, okay, so that doesn't tell the whole story, dude. Like, that is such – just because you have a good OPS doesn't mean you're a good hitter. Okay? Usually your okay. average matters for how good of a hitter you are. So, like – they're just people are trying to sell the narrative, sell the narrative that this stat's more important than this stat. And this stat, you can write the story any way you want. You know, you can make the meaning whatever you want it to, whatever mm -hmm. you want it to be. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, exactly. that stuff, the wins don't matter. I mean, we need to. What, uh, 
The it, team uh, that wins the most games wins the Super Bowl. The team, yeah. the team that wins the most games wins, uh, you know, the World Series. You want players that are winning players that could that that go out there and you can you yes. can justify or ac- ac- account for a win. Yeah, and, and <laughs> oh, you're mad. I like it. Oh, you're, just, I'm mad too. Yes. Here, I'm gonna give you an example. Your buddy, your buddy, when I, growing up a Yankees fan, Andy Pettit. Yeah, no, he's only good. He's only got all these wins because he plays for the Yankees. No, well, okay. This, I, I, I just looked at this and I have a good example of it. Oh, so, you know, he had years years where he'd have like 16 wins, but like a 4-2 ERA and whatever. Guess what? He goes to Houston, not the Yankees lineup. How about having a 2-3-9 ERA one year? So maybe, just maybe, Andy Pettit pitched to the situation he was in to give his team a chance to win. So if the Yankees are up 6-1, in the fifth inning, and he's like, you know what? Mo's a little banged up. This right. guy's a little banged up. I'm going seven. I can go eight today. Maybe I give up that two-run homer, but I know right. we're going to win six to three instead of six to one. But my numbers aren't going to look as good. But guess what? 18, 21 wins, 18, 16, 14, 19, 15, 13, 21, 17, 14, 15, 14, 14, and then 11 and three. Dude. You know what? I love that. And Andy Pettit's one of my favorite guys. Talk about being in New York this year. He's one of my absolute favorite people. Got to really know Andy. Um, At the end of the day, Chinch, if you ask the pitchers Mm. and you ask the quarterbacks, what are you trying to do? I'm trying to win the ball game. Like you just said, (laughs) whatever it takes to win the game. And you know what it is, dude? You start telling pitchers, you start telling quarterbacks, hey, you're going to get paid. The wins and losses don't matter. Now you're giving them built-in excuses for these guys. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, it doesn't matter. Just go out and do whatever. Just give us some innings. It's a built-in excuse. No, go win us a ball game, dude. Yep. Whatever, the, whatever tonight entails, if it's a blowout, give us innings. If it's a tight game, don't give up runs. If you're a quarterback, you know, and 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 it's got to be an ugly game. Don't turn the ball over today. Mm-hmm. Do whatever it takes to win this game. So, like, just saying the wins and losses don't matter is such an excuse for the numbers guys to be like, well, these numbers are more important. No, dude, it's too simple and it's too basic to say that wins. You know, wins do matter. It's the whole point in the freaking game. That's why you play the games. No one cares what your stats are. No one remembers who came in second place. You're trying to win the whole thing. Let's go, man. Oh, that's uh, 2027 when you become a manager. That's, your, <laughs> that's how you got to start. Yeah, I love it. It's All right, truth. dude. I'm, I'm going to go win the game right now. I'm going to have a lot of birthday cake and crap later today. I'm going to get after it, dude. Nice, dude. Hey, nice, I got another dude. year. I made it. I made it around the globe. Let's go, bro. One day at a time. Hey, you know what you got, Chinch? 365 more awesome days, brother. Let's make them awesome. I'm very excited. I'm very happy. You know, one of my things I'm very proud of is being friends with you, man. It's a good uh, part of my life. Bro, me too, bro. I love you, man. I'm so so grateful. You're 40, 46. Uh, I'm 49. No. I got the big five zero coming up, bro. I, is, I expect you to be here for my is, birthday. Uh, okay. The goal, <laughs> the goal is to look younger than your age, I guess. Exactly. You're, you're yeah. aging backwards, Chad. You're aging yeah. backwards. Yeah. A couple hair plugs might help. Let's do that one. All right, man. Hey, dude, That's pretty soon day. they're going to have a pill you can take. You're going to grow back like a chia pet. Like, <laughs> oh, hey, look, like at Ross. look at Chinch's hair. Bob Ross. He turned into Bob Ross in three weeks. <laughs> nice. All right, brother. All right, bro. Love day. you, man. Have a great rest Love of the day. Hey, everybody out there, thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>